So I guess I have one more thought. Yes. Do we want to have her record This Is Design School? Would you mind being the person who says this? I don't care. So we got that out of the way. That was consent. (laughs) We've got that written record now. Yes. Okay, so maybe if you could say this is design school um, in any way that you want to say it, and then we'll direct you from there. Okay. This is design school. Now ask it like a question. This is design school? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Give me the frustrated Friday, two hours and 45 minutes. 3,000 hours in. I don't think they want to hear that. 3,000 hours in. This is design school! First question. <laughs> Our first question from Sam is, what would be your ultimate job in the design world? Oh, well, honestly, what I have right now. <laughs> like I've always, I, I think I've said more times than I can remember that it's kind of my dream job, and I feel really lucky to have landed it right out of college. And what is it that you do? So I right now work for a company called CareZone. Um, it's a little technology company, um, and we I've been desi- helping design the app and um, things related to the app, advertisements and things like that. So it's been really fun. <laughs> so wait, you're telling me that right out of college you landed your dream job? Pretty how, much, yeah. How does that even happen? Well, so it started in our... Um, web design class that we had at PLU and um, JP had Brittany who was also a student at PLU um, come in to talk to us about web design and things like that and right at the end of her talk she was just like oh and by the way we have an internship at CareZone so I was like Mm -hmm. at first I was I was so intimidated I had like a really bad experience when she came in because I was like really underprepared and I don't know if it was like a miscommunication on what was expected from us or what but um I think I made a really bad first impression (laughs) and um but JP was just like you know you should apply and just you know check it out so I applied for the internship and um went in for an interview and it was the scariest thing I have ever done in my life. <laughs> it was so scary. Was, I was, that, was that your first interview? Um, no, I've know. done a lot of interviews. It was my first design, well, actually, no, it was my second design interview, but the first one was actually by Sam okay. um, it, for Impact at PLU. Okay. So that was a lot less intimidating, um, yeah. you know, because it's a peer versus yeah. somebody who's been designing for a long time and knows people that I know and yeah. stuff like that. So um, So what made it so intimidating? Well, there scary? was, there was, three really awesome designers that were Mm -hmm. um, interviewing me and I was just you know my portfolio was not great it was the type of thing where like I hadn't really thought a lot about my work because all the work that I was showing was stuff that I did in my you know design one and design two Mm -hmm. and I was still learning design and so you know it was they were just like asking me all these questions that I I didn't even ask myself, so I didn't know how to answer them. So I was just like, uh, and I think I kind of made a fool of myself, but they found it in their hearts to hire me anyways, and I was really happy that they did. Um, So you started there as an intern? Yeah, so I started as an intern um, last, what was it, I want to say October, and it started as um, a month-long contract, and um, so I got a little bit of the experience of... um, being a contractor and, you know, um, all of that, you know, paying your taxes and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, then after the month was up, I had a review and they were like, well, let's just, you know, keep you for another three months. We like what you've been doing. And so I was like, awesome. And then um, a few days later, uh, our hiring manager called me and he was like, well, we could just, let's just have you stay until you graduate in May. And I was like, okay, awesome. And, um, Right when it was getting really close to the end of senior year, um, they made me a job offer. How did that feel? Awesome. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It was, um, I guess, really unexpected. Like, I, 
I hoped that that would happen, um, but there hadn't really been any talk about it right up until like, I think it was like three or four weeks before I was going to graduate. And um, Brittany came to me and just said, hey, have you thought about what you're going to do when you get out of school? (laughs) And I was like, yeah. She was like, well, you know, are you interested? And I was like, yes, please. (laughs) I I would love to stay. And so, yeah, it worked out really, really awesome. I feel very fortunate. Um, It's really nice to work with people who have done, they've worked with the best. Like a lot of people worked at Microsoft and things like that. So I feel like I'm getting a lot of really awesome feedback and I'm learning so much every day. Um, I think actually Sam in the last interview had said something about, um, he went in for an interview. I can't remember what company it was with, but the gentleman there had told him, um, one piece of advice was, you know, you should feel a little intimidated every day when you go into work. And that's definitely how I feel. So I think that's really cool. Is that something that you strived for, or is that something that you've learned to appreciate? I think that's something I've learned to appreciate. Um, I mean, I've always tried to challenge myself, but um, I guess I, I kind of thought that going in to the job would be... Like, I knew it would be stressful, but I didn't think I would be nervous. Like, I didn't think that I would be like, you know, am I doing okay? Like, I, I mean, I knew I would be like that, but I didn't really think that it would be like quite as intimidating as it is (laughs) Mm -hmm. like I feel very comfortable but I feel like I have so much to learn you had just mentioned something about that first interview that first impression that Mm -hmm. you made Uh, I want to take you back to that (laughs) from the other side I know you probably know where I'm going with yes I do (laughs) is I don't need any help (laughs) preparing for your portfolio yep Um, we had sat down for maybe one or two hours Mm -hmm. to go through what is it that you were going to talk about or do and you felt like you could wing it yeah and i insisted on seeing what you wanted to post and then we created a website and Mm -hmm. there was another four hours or so of trying to yeah yeah something (laughs) frantic and then i left you with okay here's the stuff you need to do and go do it and then you did it and then you went and you did the interview. Mm-hmm. With all of that preparation, from beginnings to where you were of, I don't need to prepare, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be good at it, mm-hmm. to when you came back, how much do you feel that you've learned and that you changed the perception of... When you say when I came back, do you Came mean- back from the uh, interview. Okay. So basically, in the interview, what did I learn? Okay. So I learned to um, really, really question your work. Like, what is it? What's a message that you're trying to put across? And what's the best possible way that you can put that mes- message across? And um, to constantly be, like, double-checking that what you're doing makes sense and um, I just really really looking at the little details and thinking like why did I choose to make this box red does it make sense if yes okay is there a better solution you know that kind of stuff Um, and also just to have confidence Um, unless they're really awesome designers you know like the average person isn't going to look at your work and pick out the things that you do wrong um, they want you to succeed, and um, especially dealing, you know, with clients and things like that. Um, I think, you know, you're at least when you get out of school, you're the professional, and um, it's really important to be confident that the choice that you're making is the right one. And um, if you second guess your work, so will other people. Do you ever find that challenging, like confidence-wise? Yes. <laughs> I think that JP could attest to my confidence. Um, it's grown a lot. Um, I feel like I could go into inter- any interview now and be totally comfortable talking about my work, but it's because I think differently when I create a piece of work now. So how is just like that short time out of school, I guess, what was it about like being in the workplace versus being in school that helped because oh. I mean because I'm guessing that's where that transition yeah, happened right definitely. is like being in it so like what what was either different or what did school not have that 
gave you that? So I think the biggest difference is a lot of times when you're designing for class, you're designing for yourself. Um, you're designing things that you think look good and, you know, obviously you have a professor that is giving you a grade, so there's that too, but um, I think the biggest difference is when you're designing for a company or for a client or in the real world, it's, you know, you're you're designing to please another person. It's n no longer just, do I think this lo looks good? It's, does this accomplish what I'm trying to accomplish? And I think that that's the biggest thing that I've figured out. <laughs> so working in that, do you ever feel like you do work that you don't think looks good? Oh, yeah. Client yeah, a lot of the time. I think that actually JP had said if there's if you design two things and there's one that you hate and one that you love and you show them both to your client, they'll always pick the one you hate. <laughs> and it seems like that's true the majority of the time. So I, I've learned that if I hate something, probably best to not show it <laughs> wow wise wisdom yeah <laughs> <laughs> from a 20-some year old <laughs> the um and that's a process that i think takes a while to learn yeah definitely um, lots of trial and error <laughs> yes yes definitely <clears throat> do you find that that your co-workers share that same sort of um mentality they i forget what the word i'm looking for but uh, the same sort of principle of that I'm only going to do the 100%. I'm only going to show the 100%. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to speak for them, but yeah. I would, yeah, I think they would be happy to say that they hmm. all strive for 100%. Partly what I'm looking for now is what makes a dream job? Ooh. I think just like, at least for me, I mean, I think it's going to be different for every every person, but... For me, I, I really wanted to, to end up in a place where I was constantly learning from everybody around me and where it's a really team environment. And um, I like the fact that it's a startup because you don't just fill the role of graphic designer. You know, you I've had a lot of experience of now working with developers or interaction designers, you know, going from a wireframe to a finished project. and. Um, or a finished product and that's been really neat to to see and to see how that all kind of like how it all flows together and um, I I liked that idea because I like change I guess and but at the same time I like consistency so it's kind of like that middle ground where I like I'm consistently working on one brand but it's like you know all these different little projects and I get to work with different people all the time and you know same team but it's different people on you know different things so that's been really cool and um, it's you know the environment there is really nice it's not like a eight to five Monday through Friday type of a thing so that's really cool it's just like a you know get your work done mm -hmm. be a responsible awesome person <laughs> I would love that if that's the contract. <laughs> Be a responsible, awesome person. <laughs> Rule number one of the workplace. Yeah, Be responsible. yeah. Can you imagine having a company where that's you know, your contract is, we're going to give you lots of money to work and be awesome. Be awesome. <laughs> what made you want to become a designer? That's, a, that's probably the hardest question. Um, I didn't originally want to be a designer. I, I think I did want to be a designer, but I didn't know that I wanted to be a designer. It was like, um, I, I came to PLU as an English creative writing major, and um, I just really quickly realized that I'm a really visual person. And for me, I know JP's heard me say this a million times, that for me, design is a lot like storytelling. Um, you know, you have like a message that you're trying to put across and it's figuring out visually how you can say that the best. And it's really similar to writing in that, you know, you have a story you're trying to tell, what's the best way I can tell that story? And um, one of the biggest struggles that I had with writing was that, you know, I couldn't like describe all of these really beautiful scenes and things like that. like the the grass was green it's like I wanted to just show it to somebody and so I started thinking like okay like when I when I realized that English wasn't for me I took some time away from school and 
just really thought like what what do I like doing and I thought back to when I was in high school I used to design like band stuff for a boyfriend that was in a band and like it was really the only thing you know I'm like in high school I have never heard of Photoshop in my life figured out what it was sat down for hours tried to figure it out you know taught myself how to build a website and so like when I thought back to that I was like oh that makes sense like I really enjoy doing that it's something I've done on my free time just for fun why not try it for a career and now that I'm doing it I love it <laughs> and I'm like yes that was probably the best decision I've ever made so so wait there's a little nugget in there after you decided you didn't want to do English you said you took time away from school yeah so you Went to college, mm-hmm. left college, and mm-hmm. then came back? Yep. What was that like? And, like, how long was that break for? What did you do? In, like, what was the process of refiguring out what you wanted to do and then deciding to go back? So I, um, before, before I went to college the first time, and then while I was in college the first time, I was also working as an office manager for an auto body shop. Okay. So I continued to do that when I left, and I just did that for two years. And, um did not want to do that for my job, for my life. <laughs> um, it was just really, really stressful environment, and it wasn't, I didn't get to use my brain enough. And, um, Your like, creative brain. Exactly, yeah. I, I got to use my brain in, in terms of, you know, working with people, which was really nice, because I feel like, you know, I've worked with so, like, such a variety of different people that I feel like I can talk to anybody now, which will be useful my entire life. I wouldn't change having that job for anything, but couldn't be a full-time forever job. Um, And so when I started to realize that, I was just like, you know, okay, it's, I'm not getting any younger. I need to go back to school. Um, So I think it was 2010, the end of 2010 is when I came back to PLU. And you knew that you wanted to do design when you came back? Yeah. So it was like that whole thinking about what I had you know, liked when I was in high school is what happened during that break period. That's crazy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was, you know, it was actually, it was pretty hard to go back because it was like, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't have a very great experience at PLU, nothing wrong with PLU itself. It's just, I didn't like everybody that I had made friends with the first time I was there are people that I didn't like necessarily want to continue being friends with later so it was it was interesting to come back because it was like I was I was there for me that time I wasn't there because I had grown up and my parents told me you're gonna go to college it was like I was there because I chose to be there and so my drive and the environment was a lot different for me because it was like I'm paying for my classes you know I'm gonna be there because I want to be there not because anybody's making me and the first time um, the first time it was a lot of like, I have a scholarship, my parents are paying, like I, I mean that wasn't really a thought but I'm sure it was a subconscious thought and it was more of just like a, I'm out of high school, I'm on my own, like wow, I've never done this before. So it was just a lot of distractions. So you were a bit more focused the, the second time Definitely. Around. And <clears throat> had a little bit more life experience. Yeah. How did you, how were you able to relate to those that did not have either of those? It was kind of hard. I found myself getting really frustrated. Like when I first came back, because I was like, my first semester back, it was, I was just like on a mission. And so it was really frustrating to be in a class with some people who were potentially, you know, I not that age makes a huge difference, but you know, that were potentially three years younger than me that were in that same stage that I was when I first came and, you know, I was in an art class, so maybe that was just an elective for them, but for me it was required for my major. And so I was like taking it very seriously. And then they were just goofing off. And then you get put in a group with somebody like that and it's like, well, you're affecting my grade too. So what do I do? And so I think it was really interesting figuring out how to juggle like becoming friends with people or acquaintances with people and not letting it stress you out too bad Mm -hmm. and not letting it affect your work. I want to continue a little bit on that. One of the reasons why I'm glad that Sam picked you was also because of the trajectory that you took to get to uh, 
PLU and, mm-hmm. and to where you are right now. But also because you were married while you were in school. Yeah. And so you had this whole other life that I think most 18 to 22 year olds don't have when they're there. Um, and it's not so much I'm interested in the marriage, but I'm interested in the support system that you had. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> with having a husband yeah. that, um, that was there for you and that you could perhaps bounce ideas off of yeah. or what have you. Can you talk to me a little bit about yeah. how, how was it to have someone there? Were you married the first time or just no. the second time? So, so in yeah. comparison. I, um, when I left PLU the first time, um, actually it was, I met him before I left. Um, it was like right at the end of, let's see, it was, 2008 it was right at the end of that semester um my best friend from high school called me and was like hi you know like I'm having a get together at my house you should come out and it's been a while like we haven't seen each other since we got out of high school so I was like yeah that'd be awesome and so I went up there and I stayed the night at his house and Zeb my husband was um his roommate his housemate so I met him and yeah we ended up getting married in that break that I had away from school and he was probably like one of the big reasons that I went back um you know he was just really encouraging the whole time and when I was in school when I came back he was I couldn't have done it without him (laughs) it was awesome um I as JP knows worked on a a graphic novel for my senior project and it I don't remember how many pages now it was. I haven't looked at it since I left, but 170 something. Uh, what was it about? Um, so hard to explain. It's, it was a trilogy. So one part of a trilogy. Yeah. And I have yet to write the rest, but, um, I guess the easiest way I could talk about it is to say it was kind of like a battle between nature and technology. Okay. So, Um, I would like to expand on it a lot more, (laughs) but, um, I calculated it out and it ended up, I think I spent about 3000 hours on the project and it was a lot of really, really upsetting nights, lots of crying and lots of craziness that I don't, I think that if I didn't have him with me, I wouldn't have been able to do it because there were a lot of nights where I was just like, I'm, I'm not working on this anymore. And he was like, yes, you are, or you're not going to graduate. And I was like, okay, fine. Good point. (laughs) So that was, that was really awesome. Um, and I think outside of being married, um, I had a lot of really awesome other support too. Like my mom was super, super awesome. You know, like she's like, come over, I'll make you dinner just so that I didn't have to cook, you know, which was, like really cool and so I feel like you know being married was like there were there were ups and downs I guess like it would obviously put strain on the marriage sometimes because it's like I don't have any time to like be a wife I have to just do school and so it's kind of neat because he's getting ready to go back to school in a few weeks now so we get to play the flip role so it'll it'll be fun to see now I get to take care of him and I I get to do all the dishes (laughs) or not you know (laughs) What, um, what have you learned from that to be a better support system for him when he goes back, that, you, that he was there for you? Yeah, um, I think just to be really patient. Like, if he gets really frustrated and upset, it's not because of me. It's just because he's got a lot of crap going on. Because um, I think, I know that there were many times where I just took it out on him, and he was just like, come on bring it on me, you know, like uh-huh. let it all out, yeah. whatever you got to do to make yourself feel better. And so if I can do that for him, that'll be awesome. I know having a good support system regardless of whether you're married to them or not. Yeah. It's uh, vital. I was married when I went to grad school. Yeah. And that was probably a saving grace for me mm-hmm. is to have someone that was there to, to be everything. Help me through it, yeah. yeah. To be, to be my conscience, to be um, my editor, to be exactly. Um, well, and that's that was another really really nice thing about it because like especially working on the book, it was kind of an idea that the two of us had thought of together, and then I just kind of went crazy on it. And so, 
and even designs, you know, things like that, just having another person's opinion before I come to class to say, hey, does this make sense to you? And for him to say, what? Like, I have no clue what you're talking about. And if he doesn't get it, then most likely no one else is going to because he understands, you know, how I think. And um, so, yeah, that was really nice. Just having someone to kind of, like, bounce ideas back and forth with. Do you feel that your, um, your return from your first couple of years at PLU to your second couple of years at PLU was... I want to call it like a midlife crisis, quarter year life crisis, quarter life crisis, quarter life crisis <laughs> that um, helped you understand who you were, who you are, who you, you know, want to be. I would actually say that the time between graduation and now was that for me. Um, really, like, because this is the first time where I haven't had school to look forward to. So it's like, you know, this is my job this is the job that I get to keep as long as I keep it. And if I choose to work really hard and make that a long time, then that's a choice I make. And if I choose to not do that, then that's another choice I make. And so I think getting out of school and realizing that like, wow, I, I don't necessarily have something that ties me here unless I want it. That was really cool. And I think that that changed a lot for me. I think that's something that's interesting that maybe even you can speak to too, Chad, is the idea that once you're done with those four years or the, you know, the time away from PLU from wherever your undergraduate is, and you've got that summer to kind of transition into something, what does September look like? That, that moment when you realize, A, I don't have housing. B, I don't need to buy books or, you know, whatever meal card plan or whatever it is. But instead, I've got to pay my loan, my rent, my job, all of these things. Yeah. Well, and the other part of it, I think, kind of, because you went straight out of school, was also realizing, like, oh, September's coming and nothing's changing. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of like when that first May comes and you're like, oh, summer is here and... Nothing's changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I started reading at yeah. that point. <clears throat> reading for fun and realizing, wow, I really do like reading for fun. And I can do this for a while, I think. Yeah. Um, so. I'm still trying to figure out how to find time to do things like that. I think if I didn't have the commute, it would be nice because I commute from Tacoma to Seattle every day. So that's like really long. And how long is that? Um, it goes, it just totally depends on traffic and what time. So, um, like I said, my schedule is pretty lenient. So I try to get in about 11 o'clock because I miss the morning traffic. So I'll work from home for the first part of the morning. And then um, I try to leave my house by about like 9, usually 9, 9.30. And I usually get in by about 11. So hour and a half there. And then if it's raining on the way home, especially if it's Friday, I've had it take me almost three hours to get home before. So... Yeah, it's a killer, but I'm trying to get up here. I just, my lease isn't up till next April, so I'm kind of stuck until then, unless I can find somebody to take it over for me. Yeah. There's something that we don't teach you in school. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This idea of, okay, now there's the the economics of having the perfect job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) So one thing that I have learned to appreciate is books on tape. Because I have reread so far the first and second Harry Potter books on tape, which has been really nice. I just got a uh, copy of the first Harry Potter book, and I'm reading it to my daughter. Nice. Yeah. She's been kind of hesitant, and now we've gotten into the point where um, Harry was getting envelopes in the mail. Oh, yeah. Where it starts to get And yes. so she was like, She's about to be what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> and then uh, last night was uh, all about Hagrid. Yeah. And she had all these other questions about, like, what does that mean? What does that mean? You know, so I'm trying to define things like... Uh, it, it was a lot of what he said, you know, because yeah. he has a vernacular that yeah. is a little bit raw and Scottish mm-hmm. or raw and... I don't know. Not not like me. Yeah. yeah. She, so, cap- she captures it in her writing style. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, at first, I did the, the wrong thing of trying to mimic a British accent, 
you know, to, to bring flair so that way she would stay interested in it. And she eventually had to stop me partway through the beginning of my uh, Uncle Vernon accent and be like, I can't understand anything you're saying to me. You're like, oh, okay, I, I'll use my normal voice. That's why I love the books on tape. Um, I think his name is Jim Dale, and he does such a great job because it's like, I, I, there's so many characters in Harry Potter, and that's one of the things that I love about the, the whole world of Harry Potter but he it's like through all of the books he's super consistent on the voices that he uses for each character so it's like you can hear them it's it's awesome I love it speaking of books that go on and on you had mentioned that your capstone piece is meant to be a trilogy and mm-hmm. that you haven't had time to, to work on it yeah um do you hope to continue to work on it I do um it's definitely something I just you know, I, it was such a stressful thing for me when I was working on it that I really just needed to take some time away from it. Um, it was, I got to know myself a lot when I worked on that project because I'm a perfectionist and I think I took on a project that was like way too big for the amount of time that I had. And it was, especially for doing something like a graphic novel, like you could ask my first drawing professor, um, it's kind of funny. We had a still life. So the first day of class, we had a still life that we had to draw. And there was like a wheel and a gas can and a skull or something like that. And he asked us to draw one of the objects and I drew it and he looked at it and he's like, I'm not trying to be mean, but I honestly can't tell which one it is. And I was just like, oh, man. Oh, man. And so to go from that being like one of my first classes at PLU to doing something where I'm drawing people in every, like, mul- like 50 people on one page, it was just not really that many, but, you know, 10 or whatever. It was just, like, a really big challenge for me. And so I'm really proud of myself that I finished it. But it was one of those things where I just had to realize it's not going to be perfect. I need to just get it done and get it done as best as I can. And so I feel like, you know, it, it looks incomplete, but I'm okay with that because it is incomplete. And it was my first draft. And so I do plan on going back to it. I don't know when that will be. Um, but before I die, all three of them will be done to the standard that I want them to be done. Nice. I can say that. Nice. I, I love the inevitability of yes. that. <laughs> <laughs> so hopefully, I mean, I would love to see them in color someday. Um, but that is like a whole another five years on its own. You had uh, mentioned in there that a graphic novel was a big undertaking. Mm-hmm. Do you remember our conversation about your capstone project? Do you want to just do one chapter? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a really good idea because I think that I could have gotten one chapter to the standard that I wanted it to be at. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, I'm not mad that I did it the other way because I don't think that I would have figured that out if I didn't. And um, I think it was a really good thing for me to realize that sometimes things just need to be done. I think that's a hard lesson. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I think have stopped students in the past that have wanted to do and that have, quote unquote, done a graphic novel is that they're stuck to the standard of high perfection. Yeah. And they don't realize that sometimes their perfection is getting in the way of progress. Yeah. And I saw it at the beginning that you were getting, you were going down that road. Yeah. And I think with some encouraging from whomever and whenever, you realize it's about getting it done, getting the story completed, and then inking it, and yeah. then you know making sure that you've you've got the the foundation for something down. Yeah. And you, I, I can safely say you were the first to actually complete a graphic Woo-hoo. novel. Yeah. <laughs> Now there's a standard in which others that have to, you know, that say, I want to do a graphic novel um, for my capstone project. Mm-hmm. We can then say, here's what you need to do. No more stapling papers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's no more, uh, God knows what they all look like in the past. I try to block things out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, um, one of the more interesting projects I think I've seen was was the way that you developed that um, project. And I hope that you continued to work on that, yeah. uh, certainly, because for nothing else, at least your creative juices flowing. Yeah. Um, which I, I have no idea if there's 
what you've done for that capstone piece helped translate into anything that you work on in Care Zone. Since you're working in kind of a mobile environment yeah. in Care Zone, and you did a print piece for your capstone. Which is really interesting, actually, because I didn't do any type of mobile anything at all in school. So this is like a totally new world for me, mm-hmm. um, which I think is actually something that's that would be helpful to people getting out of school um, or still in school or transitioning or wherever, figuring themselves out in the world of design, I think is to just know that try trying everything is probably the best thing you can do for yourself because you never like I I came to JP when I first went to PLU and said like I want to work at Modern Dog like Modern Dog is they do the work I want to do like that's exactly what I want and it's super super you know their style is really illustrative and it's it's I still to this day love that I work I like envy everything they do but when I think about how I would fit into that design aesthetic, it's not really there. And um, so I th- it's not to say that I couldn't be if I wanted to and if I really pushed myself and tried really hard, I could get there. But um, I think just knowing that it's okay to not know where exactly you want to go when you are in school and everyone's saying like, well, I want to do this, I want to do this. It's okay to not know because I think it's, it's be- almost better if you don't know because you're you know, open to all these different ideas. And like, if I wouldn't have been open to checking Carazon out, I wouldn't have got this job. So it's really cool. And I love mobile. And honestly, I don't think I'll ever want to do print again. <laughs> I mean, I, I like it, but it's more of a fun thing for me now. It's yeah. not like a, it's, it's still challenging, but it's not, for some reason, it, I don't think of it as analytically as I do mobile because mobile's constantly changing and it's like when you do a print piece you just put it onto the world and that's the last time you see it mm-hmm. so and you can't change it and it's just that's the way it is you all can't see this but my uh my a tear is dropping down my eye now that another print designer is is it's moving died. away yeah <laughs> every time a print designer <laughs> touches a mobile device JP, JP loses a wing. Yeah, JP loses a wing or <laughs> drops a tear from his eye. No, that's fine. I've I've come to accept that I am uh, I'm closer to uh, an antiquity than I am into a modernity. Mm-hmm. Print, think... print will stay as a novelty to some degree. Yeah, yeah. I don't no. think it'll ever die. Mm-hmm. I I don't think so either. Yeah, but I think that when I was in school the idea of something digital was to enhance the print Mm -hmm. and it wasn't to be its own platform yeah and i think that that's a that's a difference the paradigm has shifted a little bit exactly i think it shifted quite a bit quite a bit and i think it will continue to shift i think by the time that you're my age and talking to other students that you'll see that the shift from mobile devices has moved on to something wearables wearables yeah virtual not virtual augmented reality yeah. or something google glass related yeah who knows yeah yeah all kinds of weird things that nobody's even thought of <laughs> well but i mean i almost want to challenge you here for a second though okay. because i like how you're like all right yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> Is that, I mean, you said, like, one of the most important things you can do is go out and explore mm-hmm. and try all these different things, but yet you're simultaneously saying that the first job out of college you got is the perfect, most amazing job. Like, how does that how does that line up, right? Well, like, I guess, I mean, I'm not saying that I'm closed to other things. I'm yeah. open to other things. Yeah. Um, I really, really enjoy, like, yeah. when I thought about what, like, what is everything you want in a job? this is everything I would want in a job. And so that's, I guess, what I mean as far as a dream job goes. Um, I'm constantly, like, on the weekends or if I have free time at night, trying to learn new skills and trying to learn different things. And that's what I do for fun, but it's not necessarily what I do for my job and for my career. And um, I think that that's really important to make sure that, like, even if you do, like me, land in somewhere that's, mobile to stay fresh on your print because you never know what's going to happen you know Mm -hmm. maybe all of technology will die and there will only be print who knows you know I doubt it but if that were to happen you know whatever but um 
I think too, it's just, yeah, like really important to, to do a little bit of everything. So what kind of stuff are you learning on your own? Um, right how to use, this is going to be really bad, but how to get better at Illustrator because okay. I'm a Photoshop user. I do Photoshop for everything. So I'm trying to, there's the other wing. <laughs> hey, I'm trying to get better. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, with this new creative cloud 2014, um, Photoshop has been really, really making my backache. So I'm trying to, um, learn how to do some of the stuff that I do in Photoshop in Illustrator. And I've been doing a lot of icon design, so it's been like you can't do that in Photoshop. So that's been really cool. Um, I've been trying to explore, um, I had this really cool idea. So I told you guys in the email that I've started my own blog. I haven't actually posted anything yet, but I'm trying to get up to 50 articles before I actually start posting. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the th one of the articles, one of the blog posts that I've written, because when I was in school, one of the things that I always tried to find online was like um, things like practice projects, basically, like because I wanted more outside of what we were doing in class. And so one of the posts that I did is like 101 projects to do while you're st still in school. So that's been really cool because um, just for me to like force myself to think of what could you do a hundred like what are a hundred and one things that you could do that's that's been really neat um things like uh my mom she just moved to Hawaii so she gave me a box of like my old art little art pieces that I did when I was in like elementary school and I found these really cool dinosaurs that I drew and it was like this whole family and it, I was like man this looks like a like a dinosaur brand because they were all it was like really consistent they all had these huge eyes and these spikes on their back and I so I had this idea to take like my old art projects and do a design project out of them so I don't know how I'm gonna do that yet but that's my next thing that I'm doing is I'm gonna do something with these little dinosaurs and, and what is it that you're gonna call this website or blog oh um, I'm gonna call it Melonhead Melonhead yeah okay so it's something that my grandma used to call me when I was little because I had a really big head. And when I think of melons, I just think of, like, juice. And so I was thinking, like, creative juices, oh, melon, okay. melon head. Yeah. I was wondering where you are going with the juices. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this could get weird. Yeah. <laughs> Do you sweat a lot? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's really juicy content. It, really juicy content? That's a, that's a better one. I like that. Yeah, I'm, I'm the weird one. So why, what made you come up with this idea? You had emailed it that you were planning on doing, <clears throat> excuse me, that you were planning on doing a blog about some similar topics that we're starting this podcast on. Yeah, what? so like when I was in uh, probably, I would say junior and senior year, I, I would like constantly be online looking for good blogs that just talked, like gave good advice to people in school still or people just starting their careers out and I just couldn't really find a lot of really great information at least not that related to me and so I figure like one of the biggest things that I've learned in school is that anybody like it doesn't matter what kind of experience they have everybody's had different experiences so anything that anyone tells you can be beneficial to you and so I figure even if Nobody, like, if I can help one person by writing this blog, I'll feel accomplished. Um, I just really want to, like, I guess share my journey and my experience. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I had, I've experienced kind of a lot in terms of my, like, school experience and, like, the transition out of school and stuff like that. And I have kind of a unique position, I think, that could be interesting to talk about. And another thing is, like, I... I don't want to be one of those, nothing bad. I just don't want to be a designer that's going to like charge students for my time. Like I want to just be helpful, at least not yet. I want to be helpful <laughs> and you know, just say like, here's my brain, like whatever. Do you think you want to teach? Mm, after I've had a career of design, yeah, that could be cool. And what does a career look like? 30 years I don't know it's hard to say I plan on working till I'm 90 so 
I mean, hopefully I'll make it there. <laughs> Most of our generation does. Yeah. Thinks that they're going to work until 90? Yeah. Or that they're going to have to work until they're 90? <laughs> the have to <laughs> part. <laughs> I hope I don't have to. No. Um, I'm I don't... trying to be done by 40. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that um, if I... I don't think I could ever not work. I think that would be really stressful for me. I, like, constantly have to be doing something. Like... ADD or something. But I think that there's a difference between working and... Working for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I think that's a big difference. Right. Because, I mean, I'm always interested, like, when people do all these side projects. Mm -hmm. Like, you're starting one right now in its infancy, and you've done things like started a graphic novel you want to, yeah, finish at some point, right? The trilogy. Like, at one point in your life, do you either keep doing that on the side or go all in. Yeah. And some people go all in and it's like, yeah. how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a couple of different blogs that both of us read. Um, and I was just showing him one called Brain Pickings that the um, designer does this pretty much full time. She reads, reads and reads and reads and then writes and writes and writes and, and presents 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 I might as well do it three times each yeah. um, but that's something that you know, I, I would love to get into a position where you know that's all I'm doing is this creative process of yeah. here is all of my knowledge drain my juices yeah exactly ask me whatever you want yeah, yeah. yeah. what would you um, what would you hope people would ask you hmm I don't know whatever would help them the most. Yeah. I think that's different for everybody. Um, well, it could be a generalized question. Yeah, I don't know. I'm a really just open person. I like to just be helpful and talk about myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I just like to talk about my experiences. Maybe I'll write a book someday. I'll ask you the first question. Okay. What's one thing you would have learned sooner? Um, to listen to your professors. Are you saying you never listened to me? No, I just think that there were times, like, there, I guess times where I took things with a grain of salt. Not necessarily from you, but, like, um, Craig Cornwall. I remember one time he had asked me, like, well, who are you looking at for inspiration? And I was just like, I don't need inspiration. And, like, now when I think about that, like, that thought that went through my head, I'm like, that was the dumbest thing I ever thought. Like, of course you need inspiration. And so just little things like that, just, like, like really think about things that your professors say to you, I guess. Not necessarily li- just listen to them. Obviously, I hope you're listening to them. But um, really, like, go home that night and, like, think about it. Like, they said what they said to you for a reason. Like, why? And try to figure that out. Because I think that that's probably one of the biggest pieces of advice I could give to other people is find inspiration and figure out what makes their work good. Don't just look at what they do and copy it. Try to analyze it and say, like, why Like, why did she curl the Y right here or whatever, you know? And, um, and to not be afraid to try things that you don't necessarily... That's not your style. Mm-hmm. So where are you getting your inspiration from right now or lately or um i mean my favorite one of my favorites is stefan sagmeister like i think i've said that forever i just like he thinks about things so outside the box you know like he doesn't just create a typeface he creates a typeface out of pine needles like it's it's crazy i don't know he's brilliant and I just love to hear his voice, so <laughs> I would love to meet him someday. Have uh, I recently came across a video that they interviewed him about storytelling? I'm trying to think. I feel like I've seen that one. You'd remember if you did, because he just goes off and he's very explicit in his words and his feelings about it, and it's just like nobody but Stefan Sackmeister <laughs> could get away with yeah, saying yeah, this. Yeah. And this is what makes it so watchable, is yeah. because. He's him. <laughs> um, another person that I really like is um, Marion Banshees. And she's she's been a big inspiration pretty much all through college for me. Um, 
she just does, her pieces are like so detailed and so intricate that I, I just really envy that. Like, um, I don't hand letter at all. Um, and she does really beautiful hand lettering and that's something that I would like to work on. Um, and I think same with, uh, Chandler O'Leary. She like, I just remember she came into a class once and, um, she showed us this piece that she was working on and it was just like, how do you do that so fast? Like, she's just amazing. Do you follow her on Instagram? Um, I don't. I try to not. Well, this is bad. I haven't had much time for social networking lately. I was waiting for you to say, oh, I don't need inspiration. No. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, oh, I usually look at Instagram in the car while I'm driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My two-hour drive. Yeah. Well, I think that if you could take some time, you should follow uh, Chandler's piece. She has, um, I don't know if she has two of them, but the one that I follow is the, uh, I think it's called On the Road and oh, is it her watercolor paintings? It's her watercolors. I've seen those. I was actually yes. we were just talking about them at lunch yesterday. Yeah, they they're it's a phenomenal feed yeah. of the different things that she She just goes and to. stops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm taking to this idea of advice and giving advice. Um, I want to give you just as much time as you need. I want you to think about writing a postcard to the future you. Okay. With advice. What would you um, what would it say? What's that little postcard to you? Um, I would say to never lose your drive because um, I think that that's something that could be overlooked really easily. And um, I just think that that's definitely something that probably helped get me my job and helped get me through school was just my tenacity and the willingness to learn. Like, never, like, don't ever. Be close-minded because I think there have been even times just in the last week where I'm just like I'm so focused on what's going on in my life that I don't just take a second to stop and like take a deep breath and think about what's going on around me and I think that that's really important is to stop and smell the roses do you have any questions? Yeah, I guess I, I we guess forgot. Do you have to... any questions for us? I, I do. Be... I prepared yeah. ahead of time. Oh, okay. I was going to say, what is the most like prolific thing that you remember either a professor or just somebody while you were in this same transition period what's the most prolific thing that somebody said to you that's stuck with you to today transition period like the transition from getting out of school to starting your career or even just up until today I don't know if mine's like a prolific example I mean that's that makes it I think one of the most I guess for me it was it's more of um, so every every year I used to read uh, Paulo Coelho's The Alchemist mm-hmm. in that book the first time I read it I think that was the first time I'd ever gotten like the message that um, it's not always the destination that matters it's the journey and how you get there mm-hmm. and um, I think once I got that like or when I first got that message I mean you know it was all great and you can say that and everything but then I feel like almost every person that I look up to or that I aspire to be like whether they say it in that same way or not has essentially said the same thing indirectly one way or another or has had that experience in their life that it's like you know I went through this and it was tough but it got me to where I am now which is where I want to be and um it was the journey that got me there and oftentimes you know you like right now you were saying you know you love where you're at but you're you know like someday things will change yeah and that you know like the you're just in the journey i don't know how to better say it than that is that like it's the journey that what matters so while yes you need to be focused on the future like be focused on how you're getting there and what you're doing now too I guess. I like that. So. Prolific? Maybe not. Mine was actually in school. Okay. It was my first design class, and I had taken it out of order. 
So my first design class was uh, graphic design three. Okay. <clears throat> and I think looking back, this may just me with rose-colored glasses on, but I think I was pretty pompous. <laughs> yeah, I know. Ooh. You were? <laughs> I'm just joking. I thought that I probably knew a lot more than I did. And I don't remember the exact scenario, but I remember that the question was given to us as a group because of poor critique we were doing. How do we know, uh, how long does it take to get to the right decision, the right choice, the, the right design? And people started thinking about it, uh, you know, uh, averting their eyes away from the faculty members so that way that they wouldn't call on them. And I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a shot. I'm sure this is probably right. Um, so I raise my hand, he calls upon me, and uh, I say something along the lines of, you know, it, you've got to try at least 20 different things before you'll get to the right thing. And he didn't just nod and move forward. He stopped and he, he challenged me on that one. And the challenge was, so are you telling me that if I were to draw something on a napkin, it wouldn't be right. And I said, no, I stuck with it. I, I mean, I thought about it, I was like, no, no, it couldn't be right. That's your first idea. So the first idea is not ever right. And that's when I stopped. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I no, it can't be, how, how could it be? For me, it was because if it's a first idea, that means that it, there's nothing to, to creativity. There's nothing that you have to work towards. Yeah. But I'm um, that me 20 years ago is not thinking about the fact that a lot of the creativity is the process before I even get to the pen. Yeah. And I wasn't ready for that. And I didn't understand it at the time. I was beginning to understand it. But that has stuck with me for all of these years, even teaching, is to realize that while I may have an idea of what this project should look like, each student has their own experiences, and those experiences are going to make something different. And my idea is not gonna be the right one. And I'm okay with that now. Yeah. I'm okay with the fact that it didn't mimic exactly what I had in my mind, or it didn't mimic what I did when I did this project. And that's okay, and, and that is something that is very unique and I like to celebrate the, the differences that people come up with. So I think that's my prolific answer to your question. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Other questions? No, <laughs> that was the only one I thought of. <laughs> Do you have any others? I don't know. I mean, who else should we interview? Yes, that's right. I mean, who, if we get to, uh, to give it to you, who should be episode three? Does it have to be someone who just got out of school? No. We would like it to be someone who is uh, early in their career. And we'll say less than 20 years. Oh, okay. Something like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm doing this on uh, <laughs> pointing to chat, assuming he'll agree with me. Okay. <laughs> Ah, this is hard. Okay, hold on. I've thought about... There's, I feel like there's like five people that I suggest, could suggest that could be really helpful. Um, oh, I don't know. Can I volunteer Brittany? You can volunteer Brittany. Oh my gosh, this is going to be fantastic. I was hoping you would say Brittany. <laughs> cool, okay. Brittany. Brittany it is. She's going to be so happy with me. So you're talking about Brittany... Brittany Staten, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. I always get confused. Staten, Staten. How do you say Staten. her last name? Uh, Staten Island. Staten. Yeah, Staten. That's Staten. right. I was, yeah. yeah. Oh, God. She's going to listen to this now and be like... Oh. I've told her that to her face many times before. Oh, yeah. I, I, I do forget. it. In, and every time I introduce her, it's always, this is Brittany Staten? 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 Which one? And she gives me the look and shakes her head. And I'm sure you could probably mimic her voice. <laughs> so here's the second piece of pressure is you get to start that conversation off with the first question. Okay. So what what would you want to hear from Brittany? Well, I know that she 
was in a lot of internships and um, stuff like that before she ended up at CareZone. So it would be kind of interesting, I think, to ask her maybe just like what what that felt like, like less about the the process, but more of like what was going through her head during that time. Yeah. So. Like, did she, what, like, I guess, did she expect to be where she ended up? And, like, what was the process of getting there? Okay. I like that. Yeah. That's a good, I like that. Instead of a question, it's the, you have to start the conversation. Yeah. That was a good one. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming in. Yeah, and, thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, I guess that's it.